Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, what's going on? Rob Cesarino back here for our amazing race recap. The amazing race 33 and a third. 33, episode 3 here of the season as we uh, head into the blip as uh, the amazing race, as we saw last night, stopped for their 19-month yadas at the end of last night's episode. Of course, uh, Arun and Natalia were the last to arrive and were eliminated from the race. And here to talk about it is our group that uh, always has it in the bag. First, our chief Amazing Race correspondent is back with us. Jess, how are you? I'm okay for now, Rob. But I just want to be doubly sure that Mike Bloom does not did not bring a costume this week because there are a couple of ways it could go and none of them are good. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's see. <laughs> let's check in with um, give it up for Mike Bloom who's <laughs> wearing a kilt. That's not even a real kilt, Mike Bloom. That is like a blanket you've wrapped what around What are you your talking waist. about? It's very authentic. Well, wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> no, I no, just no, dropped no, my trousers. I hate, no, I hate every minute of this. this Sorry. Good night, everybody. Come back in 19 months. Do better. Okay? Get better. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I, I'm not rewarding we're, we're, this with a reaction, Mike. That's it. I, I, I have to text Angela Bloom about this. this you've gone too far. <laughs> no, don't make my wife walk in on this. It's going to be a very odd image that I'm going to have to explain over the course of several minutes why I did this. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you know what you signed up for, yeah. this is like driving stick on the Amazing Race. I'm going to bring stupid costumes. Wow. Thanks. I hate it. Yes. Uh, Jess, you set him up for that. I, I guess I did, uh, but I don't think he needed a setup. He was gonna he was gonna come in like a wrecking ball, regardless mm. of what was going on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Listen, uh, taking a ba- like making a barrel, it requires a lot of brute force, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of muscle, trying to fit things in awkward places, and okay. hopefully, I've something worthy of whiskey. Yes. Okay. All right. 
All right, in serious talk. We're talking about the Amazing Race uh, episode, hour three of the Amazing Race thirty three last night, and we had a big uh, like uh, this was newsworthy event. The Amazing Race stopped down their production. We uh, then had the card nineteen months later. Came back. We are going to do uh, some speculation slash uh, 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 rumor mill at the end of the show about Phil said some teams didn't come back. There are some familiar faces. Uh, We will uh, not reveal any intel until the end of the show. And then after we get through talking about this episode of The Amazing Race, and maybe we could even timestamp that in the show notes uh, for you, for people that can't wait to skip ahead. Okay? Yeah. All right. Because suffice it to say... There are a lot of uh, a lot of really great detail oriented people exist out there in the Amazing Race universe. There is, of course, the famous reality fan forum forum uh, in which people, you know, meticulously follow these racers journey to essentially chart out their path before the season even airs. You don't even need to go that far. If you just happen to freeze frame the next time on from a right capacity, you could see what the new structure of the teams are mm-hmm. as we begin the race but okay. as rob said i don't want to necessarily like ruin any people's days by sprinkling that in to uh you know our leg three talk so we're gonna save that for the end sort of like our own next time on okay so we will uh save that for the end of the show uh when we get into all of that and then of course over the weekend uh there will be even more amazing race coverage because jess you and mike had the pleasure of talking with Maggie Morgan the last week who came in hot. She had a lot to say. I was, I was really impressed and it's a lot of stuff that I think the three of us never get into. So that was really mm-hmm. a delight. Yeah. And I'm telling you uh, that uh, listen, just go back for uh, Maggie's opening monologue to start the, uh, the tar pit podcast from last week. Uh, the amazing race uh, feedback show for fun and games. Uh, that's we're going to be having every week. And Maggie was coming coming in uh, with just sort of like some big picture thoughts on the amazing race. Very fun to listen to. Uh, but uh, Jess, the, the the tar pit will be back again this week. Apparently, the tar pit is going to be back this week. Um, we had a we had a guest who really wants to get in here and talk about Amazing Race, and it was kind of a big name guest, so we couldn't we couldn't not. So uh, we're going to be welcoming the wonderful Taryn Armstrong to the to the tar pit this weekend, and hopefully. You know, he'll enjoy being admired with us. Yeah. All right. Yeah, putting the putting the putting the T A R. me to it. I was gonna say. True. You can't, I got gotcha. you. You can't spell Taryn without T A R. There we go. So uh, yeah, be on the lookout for uh, that. I, I had no idea Taryn was an amazing race fan. Neither did we uh, mm-hmm. until he started streaming it. So I'm, we're, we're certainly going to get into that with him. It's interesting because Taryn is obviously like one of the best people when it comes to just games in general, specifically of the social strategy variety. And as we've talked about many times, Amazing Race, not necessarily a strategic show. Uh, so I'm intrigued to see, you know, what he personally finds appeal in it. Are there game elements that maybe we're not thinking about? And what's also interesting is obviously, you know, Taryn also in talking about Big Brother obviously focuses a lot on twists and turns and decisions made by production and i'm sure he's going to have a lot of thoughts as to everything around this shutdown how it was handled you know the restart and everything uh so it's gonna be really interesting to talk to him okay make sure you subscribe to our amazing race podcast feed so you don't miss any of our amazing race coverage at rob's website.com slash t-a-r feed all right glasgow scotland 
Jess, uh, I feel like that we've been here before. We've been here before mm-hmm. um, a couple of times, actually, I, I believe. I mean, Mike probably has up the map that says how many times, but um, is that yeah, true, Mike? Uh, I am getting it up right now. So yeah, Jess is setting me <laughs> yeah, up. You easy, easy. All right. The kilt is back on. OK, listen, um, I, I want to stop down so Mike can go put on some pants. <laughs> <laughs> Never. This is the amazing race. Look, it's back in Cruisers, season three. Do you remember when uh, Flo and Flo and Zach ended up finishing in last because Zach had to unzip his pants? Like seconds are precious on the Amazing Race and recapping Season three as three well. had had a lot of weird pants content, I believe. Mm-hmm. That one's for you, R H A P O O C. Season three went to Scotland as well. So yeah, seasons mm-hmm. three, twenty two, and twenty five all went to Scotland. Yeah, I don't think they all went to Glasgow, but I I believe that some of them went. One of them went to Edinburgh. Uh, mm-hmm. But there's a lot more to Scotland, and I wish we would see some of it because I think the major cities of Scotland are maybe the least interesting things. So mm-hmm. I, in the future, I hope that's rectified. But, yeah, they've been to Scotland before, and they've done tasks a lot like these before, I feel like. Definitely the bagpipes have been done before. Yeah. Amazing Race loves bagpipes. Who doesn't love bagpipes? Mm, I think some Anyone of the teens yeah. <laughs> didn't love them. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally am a huge fan. Uh, I think last time they had to actually try to play a song, which was brutal. Yeah, mm-hmm. is, this, is this another representation of like we talked about with the cake judge last week, right? Of like him giving away the answer, essentially. Should they have been harder uh, due to the fact that it sounded like they were slowly squashing a duck when they were playing that bagpipe this time? That They're not like, this is far from ideal bagpipe playing. I thought the whole point was they had to play a note the whole time the other the whole time the real musicians were playing and there was a lot of stopping and I felt like the judge should have been like that. You're not done. Keep, keep going, keep going. Yeah. I I, uh, thought that the time was uh, the task, not necessarily the quality of the note, Mike. Yeah. uh, There's no Simon Cowell out there. Scottish Simon Cowell saying, you know, bro, don't sound like a cruise ship singer. Go back and reconstruct your bagpipes. (laughs) Two for two on bastardized uh, accents, by the way. Let's see if we can keep going the entire season. Uh, so I would I would say this, like, for me, definitely a step up in terms of tasks from the first two episodes. Like, I think we're, we're now a long cry from darts and digging through a mailbag. Uh, but to Jess's point, and I think this is less a complaint about The Amazing Race 33 and more about The Amazing Race in general. It did feel a little bit like, once again, that, that city walk, right? Like, we're just going to run around Glasgow the entire day. But I feel like the tests themselves were actually fine to good. Uh, and I enjoyed what these teams were doing. And it did seem like the the struggles did not necessarily come from the tests themselves, except in one person's case, but really from that self-driving, which just, you know, what makes me really excited is obviously in the return to the Amazing Race 33, there's going to be a lot more self-driving. Considering what we have seen so far, the tip of that iceberg, I think we're in for some really entertaining stuff moving forward. I mean, honestly, Mike, I have to profoundly disagree with you on this front. I feel like these tasks were weak sauce and mm. that they were relying on the self-driving for the majority of the entertainment and or conflict. I thought that this was really phoning it in, especially with the barrel task, I think could have been done anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I They tenuously connected it to whiskey. And then the other two were basically, what do we know about Scotland? We know kilts and bagpipes. And so we're going to do kilts and bagpipes. And yeah. I think they haven't even made these people eat haggis. 
I, I don't know what's up with that. There's a lot to Scotland that yeah. they're really missing the mark on. Jess, can, can I ask you just uh, the, my uh, uninformed question about this? That is it possible? Was the production dealing with any sort of uh, COVID restrictions already at this point that might have impacted uh, maybe bigger things that they had planned? I think this was the last week of February, and I would have to go mm-hmm. back and look at the COVID timeline. I feel like at this point, there were probably a few cases in London, but the majority of cases, I think it was China and Italy and Spain at this point that were just kind of exploding. And I think this was around the time that we had like the one guy in Manhattan who came home from college with it. And mm-hmm. I don't think it was... I don't think they were starting to put restrictions. I don't think lockdown came until mid-March. Okay. Is is it possible that maybe that these were not the initial destinations that the Amazing Race was headed to and that on the fly they had to come up with uh, like, okay, uh, like, all right, change of plans. Uh, we're going to hit uh, London and Scotland. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. I think at this point, given... Well, given the the fact that they all came from different airports, that's interesting mm-hmm. as well, because it might be that they had a different starting line planned and a different destination, but they had, I feel like this takes so much advanced preparation. They couldn't have done it that quickly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they, I think they definitely, these were definitely the first two stops, but I think there may have been some tasks that got switched around because of COVID or not because of COVID. Some of this felt very seat of their pants mm-hmm. well there or is their cruisers yeah the yes, seat, seat of their, their cruisers yeah. but there there are some i feel like there are some things that are left on the cutting room floor though so i talked about this in the tar pits that apparently last week there was this task that the holderness family talked about where you like were supposed to go down right like the the world's largest metal slide and due to weather they weren't able to this week, uh, I don't know how much you were all paying attention to the commercials leading up to the Amazing Race 33, but there was a really fun moment of everyone doing a task that I'm assuming was in this episode where they hit a barrel with a hammer uh, and a cork pops out of it. And it was done actually to the Amazing Race theme song. That's one of the reason why I remembered it. It could have only existed in this leg because, uh, spoiler alert, one of the teams that we see do it that does not return to the Amazing Race. Mm. Uh, and so and so, it makes me believe that there were actually more things to do, not necessarily contained to London or contained to Glasgow, that just for various reasons, basically editing sake, uh, they couldn't include in there. So maybe for all the, the complaints that might be happening about like the shoestring budget and the task, there is more there. It's just... While maybe more culturally relevant, they weren't necessarily interesting enough to include in the final edit. So, Mike, was this a different setting and different barrels? Yes. Uh, these were people pounding on a barrels in what seemed like more of a wooded setting. Uh, there was grass around them, which, again, we did not really see. in No grass in Glasgow uh, from what I saw. So, yeah, maybe they did drive a little bit out of town because otherwise, yeah, the, the sort of like – approach we took away from this right was like it was essentially their day in glasgow they spent the day driving around uh basically going from block to block finding these places okay uh our teams uh they are going to first ride on a train sleep in uh tiny beds on on the train jess uh that the team seemed not too excited about it but really uh no no drama came seemingly out of uh sleeping in tiny beds 
No, I mean, I, I think maybe the best thing that happened with the tiny beds was um, you had Anthony and Spencer saying, um, well, this isn't the worst train I've ever been on. Uh, I love it. Such so gallows dark. humor. It's so good. And they can say that because they <laughs> yeah. did some, they, like, they went through some really bad stuff. And now if someone else like, said it, it would be problematic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But they can mm-hmm. say it. They can say it. Okay. All right. So uh, they're going to drive manual transmission uh, and uh, go get your first clue for a roadblock. Who thinks they have this one in the bag? Yeah. And what I love about this, and Jess, you had a really fun tweet about this with the sort of like uh, expanding head meme. I'm not even sure what to call it. Right. Of like you make them drive manual. You also make them drive on the left side of the road, uh, you know, and, and on the right side of the car. Just like that combination for Americans will overwhelm so many people. And I do feel like, yes, a lot of the drama did revolve around the the stick shift of it all. But maybe it is one of these things where even once you have someone like Ray who practiced for two weeks that he became a self-imposed superstar because of it, when you throw on as well, okay, it's going to be also the other side of the road and the other side of the car compared to what you're used to, then it just really flows, throws everything out the window. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I would be very worried about, I, I'm not a driver. Like I, Carol and I, we are the same. I, I don't drive, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I would not want to rent a car in the UK and similar places because that being on the wrong side of the road is just, it's like too much of a it's too much of a paradigm shift and i feel like we're very lucky that nobody actually gets killed in this situation oh my god i mean I, I, thank goodness i will also um I, this also reminds me of the bahamas where people do drive on that side of the road but half of the cars that come into the bahamas are from the us so right. it's people driving on the other side of the road in American-made cars where they're driving on the left. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that I feel like the majority of the time when I usually see the self-driving stuff, it is usually at least the car is either American-made or oriented for that experience uh, where the the driver's seat is on the left and you're operating the gear shift with your right. I do feel like what would personally remove me from the experience would be having to operate it with my left mm-hmm. hand. Like that just feels like different in and of itself. Throw three other different things I have to do on top of that. Oh, I, I didn't can, even think I of understand. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can understand why people might melt down because, like, yeah, if you even practiced a certain way, now you have to mirror it with a non-dominant yeah. hand. Mostly. I think it is worth. Uh, I think Rob, this is time for some amazing race one hundred and one. If you've got the draw, all right, let's break it out. This is the segment where Jessica Lee explains to you a fundamental lesson of the Amazing Race for newer viewers who may have just jumped in. Here's Amazing Race one hundred and one. Amazing race 101. Yes, uh, that uh, little baby is now in college. <laughs> That's right. Um, so we had a couple of questions to this effect, like why do they make people drive a manual transmission? And I I think this is worth pointing out to people that are just coming into the amazing race or have, it's been a while. Uh, most of the cars in the non-US world are manual transmission. And so when you go to rent a car in another country, frequently that's all you can get. So it has been a time-honored tradition to drive stick shift in the amazing race because they couldn't get you automatic transmission cars in many events. So that's why we always tell you, you learn how to drive stick if you're going to go on the amazing race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, could they, if they wanted to get you automatic transmission cars? 
Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, in many cases, probably not. In some cases, they could go on a wild goose chase and spend a lot of money and get them, but mm-hmm. it would be it is probably not worth it when you have right there something that's really tough for people to master that will make for a lot of entertaining television. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the thing is, look, if we're playing darts in London, I don't know where we're finding the money to go buy 10 or nine, you know, automatic cars for them to drive around for one leg, right? Mm-hmm. For one day. Well, I think they're rentals. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get, but but still, like, uh, I mean, it could be interesting if they make it more of like a road trip thing. Maybe they could have done that this season, where now you have to drive across countries, and so maybe that would be more of an investment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I feel like it, I feel like the cost would just add up too much. And to Jess's point, it does cause a lot of interpersonal and intrapersonal mm-hmm. drama, like what yeah. we saw. A lot of meltdowns, always uh, a classic Amazing Race trope, uh, melting down over the manual transmission. Uh, all right. Who thinks they have this one in the bag? Uh, Mike, uh, are you familiar with bagpipe anatomy? Uh, a little bit, actually. Like, I know that the bagpipe works in that you fill it with air. And then when you squeeze out the note, like, it's not you constantly circularly breathing, trying to, like, put air in it and then blow it out. Uh, that the bag is supposed to fill up and then make the notes. Uh, I still don't know why there are so many tubes coming out of it and what all the tubes do. I know there's one that you play like a wind instrument, uh, but otherwise I do know, uh, I guess that their protective bag goes over it. Apparently that is an essential part of the bagpipe. Otherwise the it's just pipes. Sheathing has to happen. <laughs> well, I thought, yeah. I thought they, I thought there was the bag, but then there was also like one of the teams was missing the bag over the bag as well. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think the thing in the middle is the bag. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that is the bag. Somebody had a naked bag at one point and it had to mm-hmm. be dressed with uh, the protective covering. Jess, uh, what did you think of the Ikea-like directions of assembling the bagpipe? I think this is a classic trope of Amazing Race tasks, and I don't hate it. I thought we talked about last week the fact that uh, the task judge at the cakes was telling people to... Um, what they did wrong and what they had to fix and how we hated that. And this was a task that they really didn't do that. They, the judge would come by and say, this isn't good. Do it again. Mm -hmm. And they had to figure out what they did wrong. And of course this also brings in the opportunity for teams to tell each other what they're doing wrong, which we did see happen. And I think that should put the kibosh on all the people that were wondering, how are they going to enforce teams not helping each other? And the answer is they're not teams are always going to help each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, it's more so a uh, like the invisible hand, if you will, of the amazing race in that someone like Natalia learns the hard way and maybe by proxy everyone else. Oh, when you help people, you could very easily fall behind the very people you helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. She thought it'd be good karma. Uh, and unfortunately uh, for Aruna and Natalia, it turned out not to be, but more on that to come. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, talk about the uh, people that are mastering the task. Uh, the Holderness family uh, the, on, on a night, Mike, when they are going to finish uh, number one, first to arrive. Uh, no problem with the bagpipes. 
Yeah, so this really was just sort of copy and paste what I said about Dusty and Ryan last week and put it in with the Holderness family. They took off from the hit the ground running. They almost accidentally found the first clue. And then they just never stopped. Uh, I would not be surprised if they never saw another team for the rest of the day. Uh, it helps that obviously we're going to get to this with the detour. They did have a bit of a five hole in their pocket. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think for a bit of a slippery start for the Holderness family, especially in lieu of what happened last week, this happens to the best amazing race teams, right? You struggle early on, but you survive. You learn a lesson from it and you move on. I do find it interesting. This happened in a lot of extra videos last week that Phil asked basically every team at the pit stop and in leg one, what did you learn? Uh, and I think they're really fostering this idea of, you know, struggle early on so you can excel further down the line. Uh, and I think that the Holderness family is an example of that. And now they sort of have experienced both the uh, the agony of defeat and the thrill of victory, in a manner of speaking. I think that is going to help them. We'll talk about the general mentality restart, but they at least ended phase one on a very good note with a very strong performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, uh, Anthony and Spencer, uh, they did uh, have no problem with the uh, bagpipes. We spent a lot more time uh, in this episode with the teams that were uh, struggling, especially teams that were struggling with the car. Uh, Akbar, uh, Jess, we found, is uh, not a master of uh, the stick shift. No, and he he says he can do a lot of things, but this is really... I, I feel like this team's downfall is eventually going to be their inability to get around. Like they do fine on most of the tasks, but it's just getting between the tasks that's kind of failing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they were going to struggle uh, throughout the whole episode with getting from uh, place to place. Also, Caro and Ray, uh, Mike, we saw a little bit more of the bickering that we saw from last week's episode. Yeah, I mean, Caro sets it up at the beginning, right? She basically says, like, oh, we haven't really faced any adversity, uh, which, you know what? You're going to see a different side of your partner, whether it be, uh, you know, the partner that you run with in The Amazing Race, whether it be a romantic partner, friend, etc. You're going to definitively see another side of them when you're under the pressures of this million-dollar game. And we really got it here where it seems like just on the whole, at least the way that Ray is skewing it is that Ray is an optimist and Caro is a pessimist. Uh, We'll certainly talk about, you know, whether someone was quote unquote right in the argument, but there has to have been something that happened. I haven't watched the secret scenes of this week. Cause like what the second scene of Ray and Caro in the car where Ray is struggling, Caro has her face in her hands like she's one of those live reactions to a scary movie in the theater being like, oh, my God, it's happening. And it's like, is she really spiraling that quickly or have they been a loss for like two hours at this point and she's at her wit's end? Yeah, I, I think the thing I want to talk about that was really wild to me is when they get out of the car and they're talking and Carol is looking for comfort and she's like up on him, hugging him. And she says, I, I'm really sorry about all of that. You know, I I want us to work it out i think you know i'm sorry i got so upset and then he's like okay great get off me <laughs> like that is you know that's a couple that's destined to make it right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah just it can't have negative vibes jess no I, I guess you can't uh but you also if you're if if your partner wants a hug you give him a hug mm-hmm. okay all right that's, uh, that's, that's a good rule amazing race just, 101 yeah, that's a rule relationship of relationship 101. Yeah. <laughs> relationship 101. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, let's uh, talk about the detour. The teams are going to start to uh, head towards uh, just uh, kilt or rebuilt. Well, that's a pretty good name. Yeah. 
Yeah. A minus for the name. Mm-hmm. C plus on the tasks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the kilt one was fun to watch. Certainly I like it anytime there's a music task. Yeah. But it was, it felt like their last minute replacement for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I did not find the barrel task to be especially interesting. We barely saw it. I think there's maybe like barely five saw minutes. it. Yeah. Yeah. Five minutes of barrel footage tops. Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah I, the test seems relatively straightforward. Like this is, again, if we're going back to stereotypical amazing race detours, this one is the like brute force versus less physical but more finicky. Uh, in that you were probably much more likely to get sent back for screwing up the song than you were for screwing up the barrel. The barrel seemed, again, relatively straightforward. Hammer this off, hammer this on, hammer this on again mm-hmm. uh, was basically what it was. So I think it makes sense that we didn't see a lot of it because I can't see the teams that did struggle with it, like in Arun and Italia, immediately noped out and went over to the other task, whereas the other teams were said, okay, this sucks at first, but I think actually once we get through it, it's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's curious, again, that um, Kim and Penn, going against their advice, their, their you know the guidelines they set out for themselves, we're never going to do a task where we have to be judged on something. And they choose the task where they're going to be judged on something yet again. But it worked out for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you so maybe, subscribe to uh, that, that uh, idea, Jess? Uh, never do an amazing race task where you have to be judged. I think there's a caveat to that, and that's if you if there's a potential for you to you know reverse five hole it, where it's something you do for a living and you're very very good at. In this instance, if all you do for a living is sing silly songs, definitely go do the sing silly songs task. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because because especially with these tasks. They are not going to judge on musicality, though maybe they do like back during season 23, right? Another group of children were performing. That was felt more anal when it came to going through the notes. But most of the time, honestly, when it comes to these performance tasks, you can BS with energy. Like I'm thinking back to the Amazing Race 30. All they kept saying was like, mm-hmm. no, energy, more energy. Keep bringing Zimbabwe, right? Yeah. The, oh, hey, oh, hey, oh, hey, the two car one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so luckily now I got Donald Get Your Choosers out uh, because of that song mm-hmm. in my head. Well, uh, but Mike, what were they grading this task on? I think it was getting, essentially it was like getting everything relatively in rhythm. It seemed like there was a choreography element as well that we can certainly get into. Uh, listen, there was no, it was no Martha slash Marsha Graham, but I think it was uh, okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think it was, it was basically like, again, very rudimentary not really about staying on tune because then that sort of types out some people that are a bit more tone deaf. I think it's more so about keeping things. And again, this is also going to loosen as the hours go on. That's another thing about mm-hmm. these tasks uh, to the point where Arun is just sh- shouting the final uh, line. Yeah. Well, I, I have <laughs> that. I'm because I'm wondering what were you graded on? Because uh, was this just the mercy rule for Arun here at the end of the episode? I think they were afraid he was going to have a heart attack if they made him do it one more time because it seemed like he was having an aneurysm while he was talking. <laughs> I was so hoping you'd pull that clip as soon as I heard it. I'm like, please, I hope Rob has. That's the new hung scream. is a <laughs> bellowing, Donald, where's your trousers? Like he's had it. Because <laughs> I'm like, uh, just uh, this is like uh, shades of like Mark and Bopper, uh, where I, I, I mean, they're in last place and they're just like, all right, fine, go. 
Yeah, it's Shades of Mark and Popper, but it's way shorter than Shades of Mark and Popper because mm-hmm. I don't think they were there all night. Mm-hmm. I, it really seemed like they let them try it four times, and on the fourth time, they're like, yeah, you guys are way in the back of the pack. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're past the uh, the child labor laws. We're starting to reach yeah. that limit. These well, kids need to go home. <laughs> did you notice there's more than two children up there on the stage? They kept swapping them in and out. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm glad that they didn't have to, like, these poor children had to up all these americans in some case like having this older man just screaming in your face while <laughs> you're singing donald where's your choosers yeah you got to get the back of angus out there <laughs> mike is uh donald where's your choosers a standard i don't know if it's a standard but it is an actual song yes uh, so did a little bit of research uh it is not though all i could think of personally was donald duck uh, an infamously mm-hmm. pantsless yes, cartoon yes, character of yes. the same name uh but apparently it's about like a man from the Highlands who wears kilts all day took a trip into the big city and all the hoity-toity types like, oh my, I've never seen a man without his trousers. Donald, where's your trousers? Mm-hmm. So it's very much, you know, a fish out of water story. Mm-hmm. Or a duck. Yeah, yeah I, or, I don't know. Fish out of duck out of lock. Mm-hmm. The name Donald has been ruined for me forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, the Holderness uh, family, uh, they're going to be the only ones attempting this for a while. It seemed like that all of the teams uh, were heading off to go uh, work on the barrels to the point where uh, I don't think another team shows up uh, here for a while until Lulu and Lala show up. Yeah, which makes sense given their own musical background as well, right? Like they feel like they have rhythm, they've got music, they've got their girls. Who could ask for anything more? more? Mm -hmm. Uh, I also loved it. Oh, God, I loved Penn being a diva for a hot second. Mm-hmm. That tickled me to no end of Penn just stopping like he's freaking Patty Lapone in Gypsy being like, OK, well, wait, are we are we restitutive for four measures or one? Get it to Ganger, <laughs> Angus. Come on. Mm-hmm. What, what was he? Who was he trying to be? Was did he mean Martha Graham? Who was he trying to cite here? Do you so know? I think he was trying to cite Martha Graham, but I'm pretty sure Martha Graham was more of a choreographer than a, than a singer. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think he must be thinking of someone else, but I don't know who it was. So uh, for the unmusically inclined like myself, what what was he pointing out? That, that, that he, he was saying that everybody else was making a mistake or that he was confused? He was saying that they didn't tell him that the, there was another four count before the verse started. So right. he was saying they the, didn't. The, yeah. Yeah. The, the structure of the thing was that it seemed like like one person had a verse. They both they did the chorus. One person had a verse verse. They did one final chorus. And so they did the verse. They did the chorus. And there was like a little break before Penn comes back in with his. He didn't know that either, like, maybe the judge, the person teaching him didn't tell him or he forgot. And so when he immediately jumped into it, they had to stop the task right there. And he was belligerent at the time uh, about the fact that, oh, I didn't realize that there was a, you know, a break before I came back in. Mm hmm. OK, uh, well, it didn't slow them down too much. Uh, they were able to uh, to knock it out. Uh, meanwhile, over uh, at the bagpipes. Uh, so. Natalia is the one who figures out how to assemble the bagpipes. Uh, she ends up uh, showing, I believe, it's Lulu and Lala and Sam and Connie and ultimately the flight attendants. Uh, they all get this piece of info from Natalia, which they use to complete the task and then book it out of there, Jess. Yeah, this is a mistake on many levels. I think there are definitely moments where it it is a good idea to help another team. There is 
rarely a moment where it's a good idea to help three other teams. Mm-hmm. This is like classic good idea, bad idea. Good idea helping one team, bad idea helping three teams. And it's especially not a great idea to do it up front when you know you have at least one other task to go. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, exactly the thing that, it, that would happen has happened in this episode where you've helped these other teams to get through the task and then you trip up on something later and they all pass you. Mm -hmm. So if you're at the end of a leg and there are three teams left, you finish your task, you are, you know that you're going to the pit stop next and there's two teams left and one of them you don't like. And one of them you do like tell the team you do like by all means on your way out the door, Mm -hmm. because that, you know, it's, that at least like throws a team under the bus. Yeah. But you need to know that you're ahead of the, of at least two other teams if you're going to do this. Jess, and then would the proper etiquette be if you have just received a tip, do you uh, let the team that just tipped you off uh, get the first cab out of uh, the, the task? Did any of these teams uh, really then uh, commit a faux pas? Honestly, I think... I think that if you didn't make a deal ahead of time that you were going to help each other, it's fair game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, this isn't like a, a Anthony Spencer, Ryan and Dusty thing, which apparently continues. I was a, I was a little surprised that they brought it up on the previous on, Yeah, right. apparently, yeah. apparently it's a thing where we have like the new bro lions uh, of those mm-hmm. two teams, which pretty much work together the entire time. I mean, to that point, though, Rob, that doesn't really apply in this situation, right? Because they were self-driving. Uh, basically, right. what seemed to happen is they got lost. Natalia told. Natalia told them, and I don't blame Natalia too much because, A, Arun, I think, vocalizes it really nicely of, it's okay to help as long as you're not spending five minutes there, which is nice. I think, again, again, back to, like, season 23, right, when I think it was Mm -hmm. Jason and Amy. Yeah, Nicole and and Travis, like, staying to go help the other team rather than moving on. Uh, If you're just tipping someone off before leaving, I think that's fine. What happened is apparently these teams, like, finished shortly after Natalia and Arun, and because Natalia and Arun were getting directions... They just got completely passed mm-hmm. uh, in that regard. So I don't I don't begrudge them. Also, didn't help that I believe, if I recall correctly, when Natalia walks off the stage, Sam's like, Natalia, Natalia, give me the answer, Natalia. Come on, Natalia, Natalia. No. Mm-hmm. Have your jacket. Uh, have your answer. Have your answer. <laughs> exactly. Like, I, I don't know Natalia? if you Natalia? could. I, I, I know I personally would have a bit of a problem snubbing someone, like, to their face if they were doing that. I think that's a little bit different of a scenario, too, than, like, you seeking out a team right and being like okay this is the answer if someone's trying to like flag you down like please please give me something i don't know maybe i'm too much of a guilt-ridden person i'd be like okay fine here's something i have to go yeah or tell them the wrong thing mm-hmm. and why not <laughs> oh you don't need that bag at all <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this piece of the yeah, you thought went on the bottom it goes on the top yeah and Dude, then later what, on you're just like oh, oh wait no oh i think oh oh i got confused i'm so that sorry yeah wrong. yeah i was in the wrong and that's what but that's what ray and pen feared about Anthony last week, mm-hmm. right? That's the exact thing that you're suggesting, Jess, that someone tries to sabotage you when you ask to yeah. help. And well, listen all y'all. <laughs> it was a tough night for Arun and Natalia, but I, I just want to say before we go too much further that I, I love them on the show. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. I thought that they were uh, really, really fun. I mean, that scene where Arun was beating himself up over that it's oh. his fault. And then when uh, she's like, that, that, Dad, I'm I'm so uh, that you're the best. I'm so happy that you're that you're my dad. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean that really just uh, touched my heart. Uh, I, I love these yeah. two. It was it was pretty heartbreaking because we talked about this last week, right? That Arun 
really styles itself, I think, a bit differently than some of the more stereotypical elements that are associated with Indian parents, specifically the Indian father, right? He is not hard-lined or, like, you know, dominating of, you have to do this, it's my way or the highway. If anything, it seems like the uh, it's swapped. Uh, and so I do think that Arun beating himself up over this was, like, really sad uh, because I can imagine the pressure that he feels about, and we'll talk about this, like, with the detour itself, it really was him unfortunately that that sunk their team mm-hmm. in that regard and so compound that on top of the fact that this is something he's always wanted to do this is something that Italia has always wanted to do and you saddle that blame onto yourself like it can hit you really hard and you end up breaking down in the middle of like what looks like a scottish cvs that they were at trying to get directions <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jess, I will say, though, that I feel like that helping the other teams of the amazing race uh, Cardinal Sins that Arun and Natalia uh, breached in this episode, I I feel like that this was not the difference maker. I don't think it necessarily was the difference maker. I think every team there was probably a few minutes from figuring that thing out on their own. Mm -hmm. And I think they had a harder time with the navigation and the the truesers. Yeah. Well, I think that then they started off at the barrels. Yeah, switching uh, was a was a problem as I, well. To me, Jess, yeah. I, I think that this was uh the you know uh nail in the in the barrel uh for for them <laughs> uh because once they switched, uh I, I think that was it for them. I, I think they would have finished uh making these barrels eventually. Yeah, there was not really a way to recoup that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Mike, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so- the the navigation was not their strong suit to begin with. So to head back out on the road to go to a task that uh, turned out to not be something that Arun could do at all uh, was a big mistake. And this is another talking about their dynamic, right? That Arun tells Natalia, like she says, "Okay, can we switch? I don't think we we'll get the hang of this." And Arun says, "No, you don't understand." We will not be good at the other task. I specifically will not be good. I will probably scream the final line with no rhythm at all and somehow get the final pass. But I think it speaks to their relationship that I think Arun is going to acquiesce here ultimately and be like, okay, fine. We'll we'll do, you know, what you're most comfortable with when in this case, yeah, it, it doesn't, you know, necessarily work. Just I know I know there probably isn't like a hard and fast rule that applies to everything, but do you have a general sense as to when you should swap detours versus when you shouldn't, because this is our first detour swap, I believe, of the season. It is. Um, As far as we know, there might have been, I think there was a detour swap in the last episode that wasn't shown. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think Lulu and Lala tried both detours. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure someone found a a press photo of them doing darts when they finished on the cakes. Yeah, I think it should always be a last resort. Unless you rock up to something and you're like, you take one look and you're like, nah, and the other one is right there. I think it depends on how far apart they are. That's one really important metric. And then it's also like, are how completely sure are you that you are not going to get this done? Because they're not, the producers are, they want to make you suffer, but they are not sadists. Mm-hmm. They don't want, they don't want a situation where somebody's there for 10 hours, like, unable to do it. They've play tested this. They know most people will be able to get through it in a certain amount of time. And there's usually a trick to it. So I think in all but the most desperate scenarios, like just stick to the horse you got on. Yeah. Um, if you can see the other detour and it's like you could walk over there and try it, no harm there. Mm-hmm. But 
honestly, honestly stick to what you came in with. Because uh, most of the time, the yeah. barrel task uh, did not seem like it, it It was not like, all right, lug these uh, hundred pound boulders from uh, one side of the brewery to the other. It seemed oh, no, like I can think of one guy that did a really <laughs> good job at that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it seems like that uh, just if you if you could like uh, like hit the thing at the right angle, uh, like it seemed like that uh, this barrel was coming apart. Right. I mean. It's something that Phil would tell us all about. Like you got to work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's, this. It's something we learned on his other task. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This felt like a tough as nails task. Knuckles um, works in back in the back of a bar, where then after the night is over, she uh, disassembles the barrels of whiskey. <laughs> God, that sounds like such so counterintuitive to your job. That you have to disassemble barrels of whiskey every night. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see like Phil's like, who here has done this before? Mm-hmm. And like one hand goes up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Arun and Natalia, they are going to switch. Uh, and I felt like at that moment, like uh, this does not sound like the the right call. It's a bad call. Not a good call. All right. Uh, Lulu and Lala, they're going to go uh, work on the uh, the uh, Donald Where's Your Truesers, as does uh, Taylor and Isaiah. Uh, so they're yeah, going to head mean, over it, there. It does, it does help that we have, again, we talked about this, I think, in our preview, that there were a certain number of teams this season that were most well-known for uh, you know their musical stuff. But, of course, for those that may have missed it, for decided to start watching Amazing Race 33 in episode three, they decided to reshow us, you know, the Holderness videos and the Taylor and Isaiah video in case mm-hmm. you happen to forget. But, hey, Mike, yeah, this is- Jeff Probst, uh, two hours and 45 minutes into the Survivor finale, said, hey, if you're just joining us, this is Survivor. Uh, and also, uh, if you're wondering how we get pizza, uh, we have a guy. His name is Stu and he makes it. I wonder if Stu makes haggis as well. Uh, maybe Jess would be happy that yeah. way. I, I, I want to. I, I also. I want to. Speaking of haggis, I want to step in. I. I know there was a haggis task. I. Some people have doubtless already added me, but in hmm. a previous season of Amazing Race, there was at least one haggis task, as I recall. Okay. But I. But I. I do think it interesting. I. As from like a larger, more macro perspective, you know, when as a society do we get to phase that out? Right. This haggis. Idea, if you're just. No, not haggis. No, uh, this idea of if you're just joining us, right, or like uh, the almost sometimes the previously on as well. Like I feel like we're no longer in a setting as a TV watching society where we're just going to happen upon an episode of the show. Well, uh, I feel like especially in the avenue yeah. of streaming, like we just don't, we, we happen to watch from the beginning. I think the like uh, colloquialism of like if you're just joining us, I think that that you could retire that. But I think that with people being more distracted than ever, I think that you you may, may need to remind people multiple, multiple times of things that happened in last week's episode. Yeah. Are you in a case brother looking at Rob? Your phone. Is that, that, that finally been revealed while you're saying <laughs> yes. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it, I think it, if. Um, it's also like if you're watching, if you're binge watching a bunch mm-hmm. of, especially Amazing Race is guilty of this. They show like the last 30 seconds that you hit before the commercial break and they show it again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you're watching it, like especially without commercials, it's just kind of brutal. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think we're going to do this task. Cut to commercial. Come back. I don't think we're going to do this task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that. That's why they take Amazing that. Race off, off all these streaming platforms, Jess. 
Yeah, because that's why they make it so hard to find. This. Yeah. So yeah. We, we, I should announce actually, since the big uh, Maggie Morgan Gate, where's my Amazing Race? Yes. Uh, amazing Race for our neighbors to the north. You may not have Amazing Race, but you're going to have it on demand because Amazing Race seasons one through twenty five currently available on Disney Plus in Canada. Disney Ooh. Plus. Yeah. They don't have Hulu. Wow, what a twist. Yeah. yeah if know, you had, if you were able to have a computer that was in Canada and had Disney Plus on it, you could watch Amazing Race. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I, feasibly, if that's the case, yes. I'm not sure what the propriety went to have it fall onto Disney Plus, but hey, it's there if people want to check it out. Okay. All right. So we'll uh, see Penn and Kim. I was like, wait, we're at the, the, the leg is over already. I guess maybe this is like also a two hour uh, episode last week. Uh, but, um, uh, I felt very early in the episode, you're team number one. And here's a guy who has a hundred pound boulder. Yeah, I mean, happy to, say, happy to say, see pit stop greeters are back though. We didn't have them in the first two legs. So mm-hmm. like to have this guy just standing there, we should also note. I wonder, do you think they were required by production to keep their costumes on from the detour? Because I did find it interesting that everyone ran up in either kilts or wearing those aprons. Yeah, 100%, Mike. They told him that they couldn't change before they got to the mat. Um, But also, I think that's probably the last one we're going to see for a while in the greeter department. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be more like, see that guy across the field, wave to him, your team number two. (laughs) Yes. And here's a very strong man who's carrying a boulder that's uh, 100 pounds. Get, get that guy yes. on top of his nails. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, for the uh, Penn and Kim, I mean, uh, when they set out on the Amazing Race, they had probably had many dreams that might have come true, but probably never in their wildest imagination could they have imagined winning a trip to Cape Cod. <laughs> This really is the mini golf prize, right? Of Amazing Race 33. Of like, Anthony and Spencer got Turks and Caicos, and they get Cape Cod? (laughs) I mean, Cape Cod's fine. It's nice. But it's like, uh, you just want a trip to Cape Cod. What? It's not as bad as the people on The Price is Right that have to clarify where the trip is that they're about to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I agree with Rob. There's something about a trip within the continental United States mm-hmm. that is odd to me, specifically on Amazing Race. Like, yes, offer Disney World trips all you want to on other shows, but considering yeah. The Amazing Race is about travel, it's a little season 80 mm-hmm. for me to be like, yeah. all right, and you're going to hop on a plane. And fly three hours across to the East Coast because mm-hmm. you're going to Cape Cod. Yeah. Well, and look, on the other hand, yes. this is probably the only trip anyone's going to win all season that they could actually redeem and take. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they didn't let them take it. They, they probably still haven't gone to Cape Cod because they don't give them the prizes until after the season is over. So but the Holderness Holder family, probably, they might have just gone to Cape Cod at some point. Like, too bad we couldn't use our free trip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I bet nobody went to Turks and Caicos either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I'm not going to do that for another year. Just, I, I'm going to get dragged. Oh, Rob, I love Cape Cod. I live in Cape. Cape Cod is the best, and I like stew. Also, that's also good. <laughs> and you, 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 you hate everything. <gasps> I really want to meet the one stew-loving Cape Cod resident out there. I, like, I'm, I live in Cape Cod. And I, and we have, yeah, we have chowder. 
It's like stupid. Chowder, where's your trouser? Where's your <laughs> It's beautiful. And we watch the Patriots every week. I don't know, man. I, I, I've been to Cape Cod. It's, it's fine. Right. I wouldn't turn down a free trip there. Fine. But- yeah. But I don't here's know. Here's the question. Is it is it because I know often it's it's just a it's a trip for two, right? So like are they gonna go? Is it gonna be like one parent and one kid? Uh, you know, are they gonna try to go together or do you think they're gonna try to shuff that off onto other people? Well, who's <laughs> watching their kids now? Maybe that person would like to go to Cape Cod. Okay. Exactly. Maybe that's a good actually that's a great way to sort of like uh, grease the wheels, right? Of mm-hmm. hey, watch my kids for a month, but hey. Yeah. give you all the trips that I win on the race. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Jess, the, the one thing is, and you know, had the race is going to stop here, but I think that uh, it might have been like uh, when the other team's like, so, uh, Kim and Penn, uh, what'd you get for first place? Like, uh, we just got a trip to Cape Cod. Like, liars. <laughs> That's not what you got. Tell us the real prize. Like, no, just like a couple nights in Cape Cod. That's it. You're overthinking you, it. Yeah. You're lying. They would never give that as the prize. Yeah, that that would be Ray, right? That's Ray's right. No, it's too simple. There's, you're lying to me, man. I can feel it. It's the tone of your voice. You paused before you said Cape Cod. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so that was the prize. Congratulations to uh, uh, Kim and Penn. Uh, so then uh, we'll see uh, Ryan and Dusty and Anthony and Spencer and it looks like uh, boy these two teams this bromance is real Mike uh, this they could maybe dominate the the rest of the race together reminds me actually a bit of uh, at least I think the way things started Jess in season nine between the frat bros of Eric and Jeremy and BJ and Tyler right like it sort of became a, a horse race between the two of them and they became sort of rivals after a while but I really do get a sense of like a huge bromance between these two teams of not necessarily like you know running together in a six-pack way or a mind five way but very much being like hey if we help each other we help we'll help each other get out in front and we're relatively strong teams even by ourselves yeah but i i don't want that to happen mike that just doesn't seem like good television Mm -hmm. i'm sure it's nice for them well there's no way to stop it jess that this is going to be a (laughs) a unstoppable force (laughs) yep there is no immovable object that's going to stand in the way of this bromance now that's a rad bromance Mm -hmm. um yeah nothing's going to happen it's just going to cruise right on through to the end that's what's going to happen look you know what was interesting i uh was perusing some some press photos to just you know do stuff that i do for parade and i saw a photo of the barrel task where Anthony and Ryan were working together, hmm. which I find interesting. So I guess like maybe actually it really is fairly entrenched of these guys helping each other to the point where they were stopping down to be like, I'll help you get the rings off the barrel. Can you do that? Can you uh... apparently, but they don't yeah, want you like... to know they can do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes like I'm remembering there's a task from amazing race seven, right? Uh, when they were in London, Jess, I'm thinking we're like they, someone had trouble dragging a boat up and the other team said like, we're not allowed to help you do that. But mm. I don't know. I feel like that rule has relaxed as of late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's relaxed as of late, but they're pretending it's gotten more draconian. Hmm. Okay. Um, meanwhile, uh, Sam and Can- Connie, Cairo and Ray, uh, the flight attendants, uh, they are all uh, knocking out the, the barrels. No problems here. Yeah, and Lulu and Lala, their highest placement yet, seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lulu and uh, Lulu and Lala, they had no problem, Mike. Uh, they are performers. 
Yeah, it's like they won the La La Lottery. <laughs> they were so happy about how they finished. This, yeah, this, this was, again, uh, another thing that I mentioned before about you can struggle early on, but as long as you survive, you're able to bounce back. I mean, I don't know if I have exactly super high aspirations for Lulu and Lala, but they could very much also be that sort of team that ends up finishing near the bottom, but never in last and just is able to to make it fairly far just due to not making as many mistakes as the other teams. OK. Uh, all right. So we're done with barrels. The action's going to shift now that it was really just the Holderness family and then Lulu and Lala. But now a lot of these teams at the back of the pack, just uh, should we assume that maybe the barrels was closing? It's possible. Yeah, because everybody. I'm surprised go- the theater wasn't closing. <laughs> yeah, uh, those kids need to go to, to go to bed. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, so uh, we have Arun and Natalia. They're there. Okay. Uh, but uh, bad news. Uh, here comes now Taylor and Isaiah, which uh, another five hole task for them. Also. Yeah, that's the thing is that maybe it was less so about closings and more so that the last three teams, right? One swap to this. One was known for for dancing, at least. And the other one, it seems like at that point, Akbar just like didn't want to go any further. and was like, sure, I'll just sing. Uh, I'm a teacher, right? I'll do the Ron Clark mm-hmm. thing of just making big energetic motions. OK, so Akbar and Sherry are there, too. So it looked like uh, that, you know, you didn't think Taylor and Isaiah were going to have any problems here and they didn't. So it was going to be really uh, a race for who was going to get out of this first between Arun and Natalia and Akbar and Sherry. And then we heard then as uh, Arun was struggling here that Akbar decided that he was going to resort to some underhanded chicanery. So it was definitely mind games. We like Jedi mind tricked them a little bit. Jess, (laughs) Akbar, the Admiral, he's doing Jedi mind tricks. (laughs) Look out, Arun. It's a trap. These are not the truesers you're looking for. (laughs) What are the chances? That's that's incredible. I, I I'm sure he has heard it before. So I I think you, at that point you got to lean into it. You got to be a fan of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Check out Mike Bloom over on uh, a long time ago the post show recap Star Wars feed talking about Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, no Jedi to be found, but maybe it's a Jedi mind trick, and there actually is a Jedi hung hidden amongst them. Yeah, uh, Mike, I think Boba Fett would struggle uh, with this task. No, did you see him do that dance with the Tuscan Raiders at the end of the last episode? He's but he okay didn't sing. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, maybe that's that's the thing is he'd have a really tough time. Uh, Donald, where's my armor? Is the question <laughs> that he's asking everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So it's a it's a struggle. Uh, we are already finally uh, played for you the clip of uh, uh, that with the judges decided to, as Uncle Jesse once said, have mercy on Arun. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, I want to see a runic karaoke personally. <laughs> All right. Shatter uh, the sound barrier. Yeah. So uh, Akbar and Sherry, uh, they are team number nine. They dodged a bullet, uh, but it's going to be Arun and Natalia. <laughs> they got they got eliminated, and uh, Arun was uh, was not thrilled. You are the last team to arrive, and you have been eliminated from the race. Ah, sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Who had a better exit line, Arun or David Voce's fail from Survivor 41? I, this is like, ah, up there sucks. Yeah. 
Uh, I love that. Also, Arun, uh, predicting what the next two years would be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jess, what were you going to say? What was I going to say? This is like, we got Voce's fail. Got Arun's sucks. We got chicken's damn. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. Okay. Um, there we go. So, all right. So, that's the end of the night. Best experience for Arun and Natalia. Okay. Card on the screen. February 28th. 2020 uh and uh jess uh are you surprised that um i mean they they really gave this thing a proper like uh like uh intro to the outro right well you have to because there's that segment of the population that assumes that everything they're seeing is in real time Mm -hmm. so there's people out there on the you know probably in facebook i don't look at the official facebook account but the casuals are like this is so irresponsible. What are they doing running around without masks? And they kiss mm-hmm. the queen. What? She's so old. They're going <laughs> to yeah. kill her. Yeah. And so I think you really have to set it up. Well, like that. but they, the fact that they uh, recorded like the, like sending them home, like as like a story beat, like I, I would just imagine in my head, it was sort of like uh, that we were going to be seeing something that was sort of like, Hey, just like, uh, like you know, um, footage of not like, you know, setting the cameras and like a proper like TV show segment of shutting down the show. I think, I think the way they did it was great because it also they have to do something like this, especially in light of what we're about to discuss. They couldn't just they had to assume that they're whenever they came back, it might be a very different scene. Mm -hmm. And so they had to set something up so that no matter what happens, whenever they pick it up again, if they pick it up again, because I think nobody knew at the time if they were going to or not. I think Mm. they had to set it up in such a way that no matter what came next, they would be able to segue into it. Yeah. Um, And I guess um, in the real time, Mike, I guess, uh, you know, what they think they were shutting this down for like three weeks. I mean, yeah, I think it was very much a matter. Yeah. I mean, the way that Phil talked to me about it when I talked with Elise and Bertram as well, it was this idea of, okay, we'll shut down for maybe a month and then we'll come back. Like once this whole thing settles down, like the way Phil sir spoke to me about it, it was that even at the time they shut down, they were very much regarding it in the same way as something like, SARS was, you know, back in the early 2000s or swine flu in the 2010s of like, it hits, you know, epidemic status, but then it cools down. And so we'll just wait for that to happen. And then we'll come back. Obviously, that didn't happen. I will say I was a little surprised we didn't see more of that moment. Like it really did seem like we saw the Phil speech. We saw that we had a soundbite from Raquel and Kayla. And that was it. I kind of would have liked to see I don't know, more of these organic reactions, maybe just because it was such an unprecedented mm-hmm. moment. I know that there was like timing issues behind it, but it did feel like we were surprisingly out of the moment quicker than I thought we would be. I think there's a few reasons that they would have done it that way, Mike. Mm-hmm. One of them is because, like you point out, everybody thought it was going to be a few weeks and they probably treated it a lot more cavalierly mm-hmm. than they would have mm-hmm. if they'd known that they were going to be out for 18 yeah. months. That's one of the things. And the other thing's, the other thing is you have to be careful how you portray this stuff in the current climate. And Amazing Race mm-hmm. tries to be very apolitical and you don't want to take it too seriously because then you get the wing nuts. Well, I also wonder in the real time, you know, uh, how many of the teams were like, what do you mean you're stopping the race? What, no, let's mm-hmm. keep let's let's keep going. Why are you stopping? Oh, yeah. wait, no, wait, so wait, wait, let's keep they, going. What, what are you talking about? They particularly looked like uh, very gobsmacked at the news. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine a lot of the other teams did as well in the real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because I mean, uh, this is, you know, February 28th. I mean, the, the big day that, you know, uh, people reference, uh, at least, you know, in the United States, uh, where everything really just like, uh, hit the point of no return. I think it was at March 11th of, uh, 2020. So this is still, you know, two weeks uh, prior to that happening. And so I'm sure that there were uh, some uh, players, uh, not that I have any sort of inside information that might've been saying like, uh, like how could you stop us now? We're, you know, like what do we have two weeks left. Let's just knock it out. Yeah. Because yeah, again, that was like information. We didn't have all the information we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it was like a lot of people uh, confused. And in terms of like being like in the amazing race bubble for, I mean, these uh, players, I don't think that they have phones, right, Jess? Mm-mm. So they might not be like uh, be on top of like all of the like news events uh, for the last like seven to 10 days. So I think there was probably just like a lot of uh, confusion with everybody. Yeah. And I think even if you did know a little bit about what was going on, like what was going on at the time was very scary. You also don't want to be like, you don't want to go the other direction and be like, I'm definitely going to die if I keep going out here on the amazing race. Mm-hmm. Because I think like that whole first year, that was how it felt like if you do yeah. something wrong, you're going to catch it and you're going to die. The, the wipe down your groceries period. Yeah, the wipe down your groceries era. Or even like that December, it was still a little bit scary. I got back a positive test. I was completely asymptomatic and I was, I just assumed I'm going to go home. All right, guess I'll go home and die now. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's still extremely serious and it's still something that's going to be with us for a long time. But in the early days when you didn't know what it was, especially if you hadn't been paying attention to the news, I don't think your reaction is going to be helpful. Okay. So do we have anything else we want to say about this leg of the amazing race before uh, we talk about, I, I guess we talk about that and I guess we anyway, So come back from 19 months later. Okay. Phil says, yeah, so uh, welcome back. This is another one that I'm intrigued as to why we put it here. Cause I could also see something along the lines of like, I could have easily seen them do a to be continued right here mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. come back and we'll see when the teams come back. Maybe that would allow us less speculation as to what happened. But at the same time, again, to Jess's point, if we are sort of appealing to the people that are more of the WYSIWYG perspective of like, I need to see it to understand that yeah. everyone was okay. I could see them sort of ta- stapling on the 19 month later. Mm-hmm. Well, I understand why they would uh, then flash forward to uh, on the other side of this in this episode. Cause I think you don't want to lose momentum. I think you want people to like be excited to come back next week and mm-hmm. uh, see what's going on and how the amazing race is going to, is going to be back. And so uh, that I, I think it was like the, the right note to uh, close the show on. Yeah, I have no complaints about this. And I think it also, it was a huge surprise too. Mm -hmm. Like the way they set it up, like I immediately was, I was gobsmacked. And, you know, I don't get gobsmacked by the Amazing Race anymore. I've seen 33 seasons of U.S. Amazing Race and probably another 20 of other Amazing Races. It's hard to pull one over on me. And they really did this time. And so I was, when they showed that coming back, like I was immediately excited for next week. I'm like, okay. I got, you know, six days and 23 hours to go before I can find out what happens. I was really excited. Mm -hmm. Okay. We brought our teams back. Uh, Do we have anything that we can take away from this before we talk about uh, our rampant speculation? I want to rampant speculate. We are... We're starting in Switzerland. Uh, lots of lots of new hairdos. Mm-hmm. It seems mm-hmm. I'm all for yeah. it. 
Uh, okay. I'm glad for continuity's sake they weren't like, okay, don't change anything about yourself in the past 19 months. Yes. Okay. All right. So here's what we're going to do. All right. Now we're going to talk about uh, what's to come next week. We'll, 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 we'll take a break here on the podcast. When we come back after this, it's time to talk about uh, what what we know at this hour going into next week's episode of The Amazing Race. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, here we go. The Office of Civil Defense has issued the following message. This is a spoiler warning. A spoiler warning means that an actual spoiler against this country has been detected and that protective action should be taken. Jess, this is when we talk about spoilers on Big Brother. Uh, I, I I gathered that. <laughs> okay. All right. Spoilers, baby. All right. So I want to start off by saying when we kicked off this season's coverage, yeah. we knew that nine teams left, seven teams came back. Yes. We just assumed two of the teams didn't come back. Mm-hmm. That is not what happened. No. no. Nine teams left. Five teams came back. Some Culpepper math. Five yeah, into- <laughs> no, five into nine is, is not was out. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's out. Um, so that was the first thing I was I was very surprised and delighted because this was kept under wraps really, really well. Okay. It was very yep. exciting. All right, let's lock down our uh who is who is here? Uh who are the five teams uh that we saw in the preview last night? Okay, we saw right. Ryan and Dusty. We saw the flight attendants. Okay. We saw Penn and Kim. Okay. We saw... Who else did Lula we see? Lula and Lala. Lula and Lala. Akbar and Sherry. Akbar and Sherry. Yep. Okay. So, Those were our from, mine five. Yep, that's our... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I really wanted to say the Arun five. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. But now... So then Phil said, and then we have two... Teams that should be some uh, familiar faces. Okay, and yes, now so people's minds got, are amazing racing. Yeah, here we go. Rachel Riley, Tyler Oakley, Collins mm-hmm. coming back. Mm-hmm. No, Rodgers. Mm-hmm. No, 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 Cowboys. no. Yeah. So uh, let's start with you know what? Actually, before we do that, let's start with the 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 teams that were not there because there has also been speculation as to why those teams have not come back mm-hmm. and. From the best of my ability, this is what I know. Now things might come out next week. I'm assuming once the actual like uh, lineup is leaked next week, these teams will hopefully be able to come out of the work work and say exactly why they weren't able to show up. But our four teams that did not end up making it past the blip, Carol and Ray. Not what only, happened? Well, first off, they bro- they done broke up. Okay, uh, maybe him saying "Don't hug me" was the last straw. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there was also the matter apparently like of Carol. I think moved to Serbia 
uh, during the intervening time. And I think there was something also involving her travel visas that even if she wanted to go back onto the race, she might not have been able okay. to. Uh, so, I mean, there could have been a chance that they could have come back as exes, which would have been incredible. Who's mad I at that? that? Yeah. I love that. It's like, this is the person that you have to have as your amazing race teammate in perpetuity. Even if we shut down for five years and you guys don't speak for five years, that is your partner and you have to come mm-hmm. back. I love that. Yes. Uh, Connie and Sam are also not surviving the blip. Rob, I like what you said about baby earlier because uh, at the time of the race started <laughs> Did I say something up, about Connie, babies? Yeah, you said, uh, let's get into it, baby. Okay. Uh, yes, okay. As you're previewing it, Connie was pregnant at the time the race restarted. Okay. And this is what happened when we were doing the cast preview and we were clicking around on their social media during the cast preview. I happened to open up Sam's Twitter and the first thing on his Twitter was a picture of his newborn child who had been born the week before. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I guess they didn't come back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how I got spoiled. And like, luckily, look, this isn't the challenge. They're not letting pregnant people onto the show. So understandably, Sam and Connie are not participating. Okay. A uh, little bit of a little bit of a hit here, uh, especially to my own winner prospects, Anthony and Spencer. Okay. Are not returning. What about the bromance? Let- what about Ryan and Dusty? They forgot about them. I mean, uh, they'll have to carry on in their stead. From what? I could tell. Now, those first two were probably the most obvious as to why they came back. The other two had to do a little bit more digging. From what I can tell, apparently Anthony and Spencer were set to come back, but I think one of them actually uh, got injured the summer of 2021. And so actually they were not both in physical condition. I know, Rob, you said, let's just bring on the third one. Bring on Uh, the third one. Let let, whatever one was healthy, let him race with Ray. But I think for continuity's sake, uh, they had decided that the team was no longer able to race. Okay. And then Taylor and Isaiah, unfortunately, that was their last dance on the show. They went out singing Donald Wears Your Trousers. So, uh, so what happened to them? Is, so this one's the most enigmatic. From what I can tell, apparently they were also set up to come back. But shortly before they were expected to return, Sadly, someone in their life passed away from COVID. And so they had to drop out to, you know, attend to that matter. Okay. All right. So, all right. So that's who, who we uh, did not see come back. I mean, how do we, how do we feel about that? Like, I know that we obviously have thoughts about these teams. It sucks that they can't come back, but not to be too brusque, but like uh, how much of a loss are we experiencing losing these four teams? Honestly, with Anthony and Spencer out of the picture, I like the race a lot better because I felt like they were destined, especially if they were in the Bromance Alliance, they were destined to just steamroll over everybody. And I feel mm. like this levels the playing fields a little bit. I like them as people. Yeah. They were enjoyable on the race, but they Heroes. were also a team that is represented in the winner's circle a little bit too much. Yeah. And I also feel like that these uh, four teams did not have particularly big edits now i don't know if it was like uh which came first the chicken or the egg where it was like okay well we know they're not coming back so don't give them too much don't let the audience fall too much in love with them and then uh the teams that have gotten like bigger story arcs are a lot of the teams that we have coming back yeah i would say that sam and connie in particular like they were invisible Mm -hmm. this episode Mm -hmm. the only thing i saw was sam having trouble driving and connie saying like can we switch and him saying no mm-hmm. it's all like their their story is fantastic but i do not think they made for great television outside mm-hmm. of them looking for bobby i could say the same thing about taylor and isaiah i think they had good 
one-liners. But to your point, Rob, they really were the most purpled out of the entire group here. So maybe it is a little bit of rain like tarot. The, like they had some fights, but other than that, like we really didn't see. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I mean, it was probably more memorable when Ray was with uh, Penn in uh, like uh, trying to overthink the clue. So that's the thing. So maybe it's a bit like the edit tail wagging the dog here, but I do think four of our lesser seen teams are gone. And to Jess's point, I would say with especially Anthony and Spencer, but even someone like Sam and Connie, right? They finished like second and then fourth. Uh, they could have been a threat to make it to the end game as well. It widens the field, especially given, you know, who is going to enter it, which makes things exciting. I do think those five teams that we had mentioned before that had come mm-hmm. back, they definitely have been the most highlighted, I would say, out of the, those remaining nine okay. teams. All right. Let's talk Turkey here because I legit do not know who the other uh, two teams are that come back. So let, uh, don't say them both at once. I want to react to each of them separately. I mean, Rob, it's going to be hard to do that because as soon as we tell you who one of the teams are, you will know who the other team is on mm, that basis. Okay. And honestly, when we first heard that nine teams left and seven teams came back, my first thought went to, well, if they're only having seven teams back and there's two vacancies, the fair thing to do would be to bring back the two eliminated teams. Mm-hmm. And so if only five teams came back, then it's even fairer. So the teams that are going to be rejoining them are Michael and Mo and Aruna Natalia. Oh, my winner pick! Yes. Michael and Mo! You're going to underwood it, baby. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jess, what kind of asterisk would we have in the Amazing Race record books if one of the eliminated teams comes all the way back? Big, big I asterisk? I mean, it would be great television. Mm-hmm. It's a big asterisk, but it's great television. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that I I can understand if there are people decrying the sanctity of the game behind this. We really need to hunker down and just keep talking about the circumstances behind this, right? Yeah. No matter how this shook out, this was going to be a weird ass season. Even if these two teams didn't come back, the winner would also have an asterisk next to the name because it's like, oh well, four teams dropped out, uh, so mm-hmm. like you got an easier competition. Yeah. You know, so like that's going to happen no matter what. So for the sake of good TV, I'm happy with it. Like yeah. I said, it makes the most sense. There is precedent for this. This happened in the Amazing Race Australia. Which oh. they did a, a past season, they they brought back an eliminated team. I mean, yeah. it's probably weirder for Michael and Mo. For yes. Aruna and Natalia, it's more so like leg three was just a non-elimination leg. Right. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, so, my, uh, you know, for Aruna and Natalia, uh, you know, they, they get to come back. Yeah, for, for Michael and Mo, who, who really did not get a big edit in the first hour of last week's episode. I feel like that's like uh, a little bit more of like they missed this whole leg. But now uh, here they are back when the race comes back. Yeah, I think it, it's got to be the best phone call ever because you'd be really upset if you got if you got eliminated and then to find out that you didn't really get eliminated psych you mm-hmm. get to come back almost two years later i think yes. that's that's got to feel so good so uh mike we heard about michael's uh body transformation where he lost mm. 50 pounds to go run the amazing race michael and mo go out to the amazing race gets eliminated do we think that then michael then uh like many of us uh, happen to in uh you know 2020 uh might have uh, completely let himself go and then the phone call like hey uh, you you and mo want to come back for the amazing race 
Oh, I think it's the opposite. I think he's carrying 100-pound boulders now. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we've also talked about people who have gotten swole over the course of their time in quarantine because they had nothing else to do but work out. Uh, and I think especially with those other... I can imagine the remaining five teams. Like, I would not be surprised if Akbar and Sherry come back in better shape, as an example, because yeah. now they're like... I mean, Phil talked about this, interestingly, when he was sending the teams off, of like, this is an, a rare opportunity where you get to essentially take a break learn what you did wrong and now come back. And I would imagine that especially Akbar and Sherry, who probably did not estimate the amount of physicality that was involved would like really hit things and come back in a certain way. Maybe some other teams like Ryan and Dusty kept saying that they would always do something physical. Maybe in the intervening times, they like studied up on puzzles or other things to help train that other side of, of racing stuff. You know, we'll get an opportunity to talk with the teams now that the restart is happening. And I'd be really intrigued to hear from them as to what was that process like, right? Trying to get on with your life, but at the same time, having this idea in the back of your head of, okay, at any point in time, you can get a call to go back on the amazing race. Mm -hmm. Well, and we've heard this over and over from people that are on reality shows who do not win reality shows. It really sticks in your head like, if I had just done this one thing differently, I could have, mm-hmm. you know, I could have won. I could have mm-hmm. gone further. I, I, I don't know anybody here that applies to. I'm not calling anybody out. But yeah, we should say actually for people just listening to this podcast, Rob's been holding a headdress. Above yeah, his wait, head hold on a second. So you're <laughs> telling me if COVID happened in 2003, in uh, say November 2003, so maybe they could have shut down Survivor All Stars and then brought it back, and I could have been back in the game, Jess. I'm saying, Rob, you could have come back and you could have like you could have mounted an offensive against Boston Rob. You would have had you could have collected all this dirt on him and then you could have been like could have been hanging out in Cape Cod, heard a few stories or two. Come yeah, back exactly. with the intel. Yeah, like get rid of him immediately. Mm-hmm. It's a whole different ball game, Rob. Wow, so people, everybody would have gone home. Oh my wow. I think God. you're gonna be doing that anyway. You get voted off of a reality show, you get eliminated from the amazing race. You're gonna be doing that anyway. You're gonna be like or I'm just going to go to my own example. You're going to learn all the British monarchs. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, if I had known this, if I had done this one thing differently, everything would be different. Wow. And so I think they're that coupled with all of this, like acres of free time, you're going to be thinking about that weakness. Why did you specifically lose? And you're going to get better. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I'm sure I, I could see. I can see a ruin like taking voice lessons, wow. memorizing street maps. He, he doesn't need to, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got I mean, a perfect, he's got a perfect yell. Yeah, what are you talking about, Jess? It's right in like the best death metal bands I've heard of is a ruin shouting alongside them. You know, in the early days of this podcast, somebody would already be working on a remix. <laughs> Maybe, maybe again. We'll see. Maybe again. Okay. All right. So, uh, boy, the stage is set for next week to uh, come back with, uh, find out who our new teams are uh, officially, and uh, away we go. Yeah, I'll be intrigued to see if we'll get any sort of, like, messages or any sort of, like, sight of the yeah. four eliminated teams right like do we get like uh you know when terry deeds got eliminated from survivor cambodia and there was like a message afterwards of him with him being like i'm fine danny's fine 
I just want to let you all know that at home. Like, do you think the other four teams are going to be able to say something about why they didn't come back? Mm. They get those end credits of Tough as Nails where they show like mm. a little clip from their social media. Mm. Yeah. Or I wonder if the show's like out of sight, out of mind. Don't don't think about yeah. who's not here anymore. They have to explain it. They're mm-hmm. not going to not explain it because, you know, the casuals will start to think, oh, you had those people killed because you like these other people <laughs> better. Is that what they think? Look, the casuals have gotten a lot more fringe as mm-hmm. time has gone on. Yeah, maybe this is like, um, I-, I wonder if we'll have a segment, Jess, of like what everybody was up to during the blip. I'm sure that's what's going to be. It's going to be like clips of them at home. Like, you know, a few other teams practiced walking around with bottles on their heads. And, you know, these people were back with their family. There's going to be like a shot of, I don't know, um, Akbar and Sherry doing Zoom school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, That's interesting, though, because I do wonder, because in the first episode, right, and they've done this with Amazing Race editing nowadays, it's this idea of, okay, we'll intersperse the prepackaged stuff of what they're known for. Maybe we'll get that again. I mean, this truly does feel like a restart. We actually yeah. do have Phil Stay saying go this time. Could we now get that interspersed with them running and then being like, all right, this is what happened to us, mm-hmm. you know, over the past year? Maybe. Yeah, and they'll they'll set it up, I think, at the top with like, you know, Anthony was injured or you know, Sam and Connie welcomed their baby. Because, I mean, that baby, they, they got to use the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely going to use the baby. Yeah. I mean, I'm really interested to know the update on Akbar and Sherry because I feel like their whole thing was that uh, that they would, uh, you know, uh, lights in uh, were basically where uh, they and forgive me if I'm getting the name of it wrong, but their whole program lights was uh, lights on yeah. uh, was, uh, you know, keep the school open for the kids uh, to give them something to do till all hours of the night. And now we live, live in a world where the schools were closed. Yeah, that's going to be that's got to be really rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and then also Raquel and Kayla, right, were part of an industry that uh, really hit a, got hit hard by COVID to the point where I think actually Raquel now is like a real estate agent. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to also have them come back without the vocation that they entered the race being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lulu and Lala. Um, they, I think they could still do their job. <laughs> Probably, but... The radio didn't stop. What happened with the ex-boyfriend? Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. So did, we gotta, they have I mean, to, did, did they have to quarantine with him when they got back? <laughs> oh, that would be so awkward. <laughs> yeah. All right, so a lot to find out uh, next week. Okay. Uh, any teases for uh, the tar pit this week, other than uh, check out what Taryn has to say about all of this? Um, I'm excited to get Taryn's thoughts because I've... I've done like one podcast lifetime with Taryn mm. and he is very insightful on shows I don't watch. So I'm going to love to get his perspective. I have a game that I'm bringing in um, that I think is going to be a lot of fun and we'll take your feedback and we'll follow the social media. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And Mike, what do we think are the prospects that there could be maybe exit interviews uh, after next week's episode? Yeah, so I can confirm, CBS confirmed this with me, starting next week with the official soft reboot of The Amazing Race 33 come exit interviews. Uh, from what CBS seemed to imply to me, it doesn't look like we're going to be talking with pre-blip teams. Uh, so, like, we'll say that I'm, we're guaranteed to have interviews with the seven teams that restart next week. Uh, not sure about the other four but at least like we'll have that sort of regular press happening. Who knows? Maybe as soon as next week, I don't know if they're going to be eliminating another team right off the bat after bringing them in. Do you think they're going to do that? Uh, well, I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about last week of like, okay, we're going to cut down on the non-elimination legs, but are we going to have just like, uh, is it one mega leg? 
It'll be a mega leg. They're going to gonna sneak that in. Okay. All right. Sneak in the mega leg for uh, the first week back from uh, COVID after the blip. All right. Um, anything else amazing race to discuss here today? No, that was, I thought it was a fun episode overall. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed the test. I think a bit more than Jess, but the teams continue to really pop. Uh, and, you know, it it's, was so odd to see things in a manner of speaking. Like, this was the final Amazing Race leg that was filmed before the world changed. So, like, I don't think we're ever going to go back to that in, in many ways. And so it really was a time capsule that we well, are now sort of... I will say that. Did you happen to see the casting notice, Mike? Yeah, so that's the thing, is that obviously they're intending to film it. I don't know if they're going to continue to stick to the stipulations that they use for 33. Mm -hmm. It seems like that's the intention, sort of like what its survivor is assumingly doing for 43 and 44. Uh, We shall see, but it's, you know, I want to look back on the the first three legs. I would say they were far from fantastic, but I certainly enjoyed them, and I'll, I'll sort of miss, you know, I guess that era of the Amazing Race in a manner of speaking, but I'm very excited to see what is coming moving forward. I'm really excited to see Michael and Mo and Arun and Natalia back. I did not want to lose Arun and Natalia in 10th place in mm-hmm. the Amazing Race 33. So I'm very happy for that second chance. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see them uh, next week when we have our seven teams uh, returning. Uh, Jess, what's coming up for you? Um, what's coming up for me is the tar pit. That's pretty much everything I've been into. Um, shortly before this most recent episode of the amazing race aired, I got to appear on the extra hot great podcast as a guest where I talked to, um, some of the OG online fans of the amazing race, um, the founders of television without pity now do a great podcast called extra hot great. I got to go on there and convince them successfully. I might add to give this, this season a try after they've had many seasons off from watching amazing race. So that was very fun. And we, they played some trivia games with me and we, um, we talked about what we're watching lately and it was, it was a very good time. I I definitely encourage you all to go watch that. Go check that out. Can I ask, did they have any specific reasons as to why they had experienced killer fatigue, if you will, on the amazing race and decided to stop watching? Well, they weren't the ones that ever had to be the ones to recap it. Like that honor went to Linda Holmes, who I believe has also fallen off of it. But mm-hmm. they, um, there's just a lot of TV out there, and they needed to keep the lights on other ways. Um, they had recaps of the Amazing Race running on their old website, um, which, which yours truly actually wrote those recaps. But uh, mm-hmm. it was. I think after a certain point, they knew what the formula was, and there were a lot of seasons in there. You know, if, if you're not doing a podcast specifically about that, it can get a little bit repetitive. So I, I see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, uh, podcasters are people too, recappers uh, mm-hmm. that they serve a function. Okay, let's not forget about them. It's All a right. very important, it's a vital function, Rob. Mm-hmm. Not exactly essential workers, but in the mm-hmm. sphere of, of yeah. entertainment. Yeah, we're not we're not the heart, but we're like the gallbladder. Spleen. Sure, sure. You could cut it out, but do you really want to? And sometimes, you know, we find ourselves uh, saying the same things over and over again, and then people say, "Well, like, uh, why is Rob talking about Cape Cod? Because we haven't talked about that yet." Yeah. Okay. Cut us a break. Mm -hmm. This is a hard job. Yeah. All right, Mike Bloom, what's coming up for you? Uh, the usual stuff you mentioned: Book of Boba Fett. Uh, We have. uh, We have. The Witcher, we have The X-Files. Uh, we're taking a bit of a Yadis on Lost. Uh, we did our big season six feedback podcast before we move into our own 
second phase, though. I will say uh, Lost Down the Hatch got a bit of a bump this week, Rob. I know that when you were talking with uh, the great Evie Jagoda, they revealed that DTH was one of their uh, preseason listens while they were out there in Fiji. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it comes full circle, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. if you want to make it even fuller circle, Mike, they um, I had a trivia question on Extra Hot Great that was about Lost, and I nailed it, and it's entirely your fault. Now, listen, do not mistake coincidence for fate. Everything comes full donkey wheel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, true. feel free to, to to check that out. Uh, if you know, we'll we'll come out with stuff. I think near the the end of the month uh, or going into next month, working on something else that's coming out uh, next week, but I won't reveal that until our next podcast so yeah lots of lots of irons in the fire that i'm using to construct the barrel that is my coverage at a mike bloom type okay all right Uh, and thank you all for checking out our amazing race uh podcast recap don't forget to check out the tar pit this weekend with special guest uh taryn armstrong i have some uh fun stuff uh, that i've been working on uh this week over on the main feed uh some survivor 41 uh deep dives coming your way over on the uh patron feed uh, I got the whole family together yesterday, and uh, we talked about all things Full House in light of the very sad passing of Bob Saget. My kids are Full House, uh, Fuller House super fans, and so uh, we had been talking about the idea of doing that as a podcast at some point. And so uh, we dropped a 38-minute Full House, Fuller House deep dive in the patron <laughs> podcast feed over at robhaswebsite.com slash patron if you want to check that out. Plus, uh, Jordan Kalish uh, came by for Survivor Patron Trivia, which you can watch the replay of that and much more at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. Thank you so much for checking out our Amazing Race coverage again uh, this week. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.